Good morning. It's good to see smiling faces here this morning. <clears throat> it's a blessing to preach in BCM Chapel because I see a lot of young people here that have heart to serve the Lord. There, you remember you're in Bible college, right? You're training for ministry, and <clears throat> it's good to see the enthusiasm and your singing here this morning. And it's a privilege to preach for you here this morning as well. So. This morning's message is entitled, Diligence in Your Responsibility. Somewhat of a practical message I want to preach here this morning. To be honest with you, I preached this message to some kindergartners about a month ago, so I'll try to keep it down at your level here this morning. <laughs> I am going to read you a short verse and see if you can figure out where this story comes from. And blank cried after the lad, make speed, haste, stay not. And, blanks, and the blank's lad gathered up the arrows and came to his master. You know the story? Joe knows it. He's got his hand raised. <clears throat> Ethan here. Okay, so maybe some others are still searching. Maybe you know, maybe you're familiar enough with the story. But 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 38 is the verse that I just read to you. And the master's name is Jonathan. Maybe that rings a bell for some who didn't figure it out yet. <clears throat> In this story, I, I think we're f quite familiar with the story. And here, David is basically fleeing for his life. And his best friend, Jonathan, is trying to help him. He's kind of in a tough place. Here's his best friend he's trying to save. And the one who's trying to kill David is his own father. And definitely uh, some challenges there that uh, Jonathan and David are facing. And so I want to bring you a message here entitled Diligence and Responsibility. And I want us to look in particular at the lad who is serving here with Jonathan as his armor bearer. And if you remember in the story, Jonathan tells David, hey, go hide in this field. Tomorrow I'm going to find out what's going on with my father and his attitude, his perspective. And if you need to run and flee, I'm going to come out and shoot some arrows. And I'm going to tell my lad to go pick these arrows up. And based on his wording, David would be able to discern, is it time to flee or is it safe to come back home? So verse 38, Jonathan cried out after the lad, make speed, haste, stay not. Jonathan's lad gathered up the arrows and came to his master. Now, what if that lad, we're going to look at a few scenarios here to help us discern why this lad was chosen as the armor bearer for Jonathan. That's a pretty important position, right? Jonathan's the prince, next in line to be king, although we all understand David was actually next in line, but practically speaking, humanly speaking, that was the case. So either way, Jonathan was a man of importance. There's a lot of people under Jonathan who is under his father as the king. And here's one lad, just one, that's chosen to be the armor bearer. Do you think that armor bearer had to have some responsibility? Do you think he had to be diligent in responsibility in order to be the armor bearer? Absolutely, he had to. And we'll, we'll put some practical application here in a moment in comparing where you fit into uh, this description of the lad, the armor bearer. But what if the lad asked Jonathan when he said, hey, make speed, hey, stay not, go get those arrows. What if the lad asked Jonathan, why? What if he stomped his feet, walked off, looked back and said, why? Why would you tell me to do that? 
You'd think the lad would be the armor bearer for very long. <clears throat> no. He's not diligent in responsibility if he's questioning what his master is telling him to do. He's got a bad attitude. You think that's a good example of somebody who's diligent in responsibility. Given instruction, hey, make speed, hey, stay not. And he has a bad attitude about it. Obviously, sometimes we're tempted with those things, aren't we? When we're given instruction. What if the lad got distracted? You know, here, I envision they're out in a field. There's a lot of grass, maybe a few trees here and there. The lad, Jonathan, says, hey, make speed, hey, stay not. Go get those arrows. And the lad starts going after them, and he finds a snake there in the grass. He starts playing with the snake and uh, kind of forgets about whatever else is going on. Right now, it's really a matter of life and death for David, isn't it? David's in a situation where his real master, the king, is about to kill him. And there isn't really time right now for the lad to kind of do his own thing and to find a snake or to find things in the field and get himself distracted. He has a responsibility, a job to do. He actually needs to get out of the way so that Jonathan and David can have a final discussion about what needs to be done. So, picking flowers or finding snakes out in the field and getting distracted in the midst of a job, remember, we're in the ministry. We're in the business of helping people come to Jesus Christ to know eternal life, preparing to plant churches. There's an important mission that God has in mind for you. There isn't time for simple distractions like that, is there? What if the lad only got two of the arrows and just left the other one out in the field? Would he be the armor bearers, or would he be the armor bearer for the prince for very long if he continually, maybe on accident, maybe? But honestly, I think in a case like this, there wasn't really room for flaws. When you're out in the midst of a battle, life and death is on the line, and there's no room for error. This armor bearer was told to go get those arrows, and if he just gets two of them, there's a character trait in his life that's missing in order to be in that kind of a position. What if the lad made excuses why he couldn't get the arrows? I can't find them. They're too far away. I don't really want to. That's, that certainly wasn't the attitude of this armor bearer. And in order to be the armor bearer for the prince, you can't be making excuses. What if the lad yelled back and said, hey, no, you go do it. Definitely, pretty quickly, I think Jonathan would, be, would dismiss him. Maybe he'd have an extra arrow in his pocket. and <laughs> just uh, All right, let me get somebody else in, up here. Maybe he wouldn't have done that, but <clears throat> I think Jonathan was a little more gracious than his father, perhaps. <clears throat> but definitely, that would be a bad attitude, right? I trust none of us have been in that position where we yell back. Maybe probably growing up, you can think of a few situations with mom and dad or when you were immature and you yelled back a response like that. But perhaps here in college, training for ministry, maybe sometimes that's our heart. We look at ourselves when instruction's given and we wish we could say something that's coming to our heart and to our mind. Is that really preparing you for what God's calling you to do? Is that really preparing you for a real eternal life and death situation with people around you? It's good to stop and think about our attitude, what goes through our heart and our mind sometimes, even though we wouldn't say something like that. All of these things 
though are part of preparing and training you and preparing you to be the best that you can be for God. This lad, I'm sure, was the best he could be for Jonathan. I'm sure Jonathan chose the best armor bearer. And you're not going to find these character traits in somebody of that kind of position and level. You know, Jonathan saw a big picture. He had something bigger in mind. And we don't fully understand the age of this lad. He calls him a lad, so I envision a kindergartner, but I don't think that's really how old he was. Maybe he was your age. I don't know exactly, but... <clears throat> Either way, Jonathan was a man of responsibility and had a lot going through his mind, especially at this moment. The lad, we don't know how much he knew about the story and what all was going on, but likely in a situation like this, the master has something in mind and he gives the servant or the one under him a, a, a job to do and it's not really that servant's responsibility to know why he's told what he's doing, is it? The lad didn't need to know everything about why he's supposed to get those arrows. That was his job. He's the armor bearer. Jonathan said, go get those arrows. That's his job to do. He could question all he wanted. That doesn't do him any good. Jonathan had a big picture in mind. And the lad, whether he did or not, either way, Jonathan's big picture was affecting other people. And you don't necessarily understand or know the whole big picture sometimes in life, but you're given a responsibility and a job to do. And right now, in that moment, what's your job? To get it done, isn't it? You don't have to understand everything that's going on. Sometimes we like to. Sometimes we feel like it would help us to know more or to get the job done in a particular way. But to be honest with you, you want to be a man that's diligent in responsibility. You're going to learn to do things sometimes without really understanding why, without really understanding the big picture. Your big picture is, I'm a servant. My master has called me to do this. The lad didn't need to understand the big picture at the time. He only needed to fulfill his responsibility. And that's why he was the armor bearer for the prince. So whose servant are you today? Certainly, in the big picture, we're a servant of Jesus Christ. But can God look down at you and call upon you to fulfill an assignment or to fulfill a task? Or can your teacher or your pastor call on you because they know you're a man of diligence and responsibility? So what is responsibility? And to simply define it, I have a few uh, examples here that we'll look at and just to help us understand what that diligence in responsibility really looks like. So, simply, diligent. Someone who is responsible is going to be diligent. Proverbs deals with that a lot. The diligent man prospers. The slothful man, the sluggard, kind of the opposite, he doesn't prosper. The man who is diligent is going to be a, is a simple description of someone who is responsible. That's what they would look like. The, dil, or the responsible man finishes the job. Have you ever thought of this? What if Noah never finished the ark? We wouldn't be here today, would we? But God called on Noah because he knew Noah was a man of responsibility. Noah can finish this job. I'm going to call on Noah to do this. What has God called you to do? Can you finish the job? What is your teacher? What's your parents? What other authorities do you have in your life? Are they asking you to accomplish a job and are you doing it? Someone who is diligent in responsibility finishes the job. 
I think that somebody who's responsible also goes beyond expectations. Looking at the opposite perspective, a lazy person cuts corners, gets away with doing as, as little of the job as he can, but still, you know, getting it done. You know, maybe running laps and exit for PE or something. You're supposed to run around the parking lot, but they kind of take all the shortcuts possible. Is that really preparing you to be what you're supposed to be doing to accomplish good exercise and endurance? And it's not really preparing you to do that when you cut corners. You kind of get the job done, but it's, it's not really excellent. The responsible person completes the whole job. He trusts God to help him do it. And sometimes, I know what it's like to be in college, and you're faced with responsibilities, pressures, assignments that sometimes seem, how am I ever going to get that done? But you know, a responsible person looks to God. The first thing he does is get down, talks to God. God, I can't do this. And you have a perspective and a mindset of, God can do this, but I can't. And so I'm looking to God to help me. And you know what? In those moments, you can do exceeding abundantly above what you could ask or think. And you get to in a job or an assignment that's beyond you, but God knows how to help you and deliver and make it. You give you the strength to go beyond what you really thought you could do. So I want to challenge you from that perspective. Go beyond what's expected of you and look to God to help you do it in those difficult assignments and tasks that you have. Work hard until the job is done well. Make that your goal. Someone who's diligent in responsibility doesn't ever quit or give up. Whatsoever the hand findeth to do, do with thy might. For those, there's no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where thou goest. You have an assignment, you have a task, don't quit. The responsible person, the diligent man, he's not going to quit at that. He's not going to give up. He's not going to fail. That's not ever a... a that's not ever a possibility in the responsible man's world. And being a servant of God, preparing for ministry, you can't quit. Sometimes it gets difficult and challenging, but that's never, uh, that should never be our response of quitting and giving, giving up. The lazy person says it's too hard and I can't do it. So, do you want to be a lazy man? You want, is that how you want to be known and be characterized? I think that a, a responsible man pleases his authority by the work that he does. Matthew 25, in that chapter there, we have a story of three different servants that were given talents. One five, one two or three, something like that, and another one was given one. Which ones pleased their master? The ones who did something with it, right? And then one hit it in the ground. When the master came back to the first two, he said, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. To the other one, he was very displeased, disappointed. So a responsible man pleases his authority by the work that he does. Make sure that when your job is done, your master, whoever is in charge, can say, hey, well done. That was excellent. I think that a responsible man is dependable. Moreover, in stewards, or it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2. And along with that dependable mindset, I think that verse comes into play because God's looking for men that are faithful, that are trustworthy, dependable. So are your teachers. 
your parents, authorities in your life, they're looking for young people that, can, that stand out as someone, that's a faithful man. I can depend on that person to get these things done. Are you the kind of person that an authority can trust? A job or an assignment needs to get done and your name is suggested. And maybe the authority says, yeah, I don't know if I can ask that person. I don't know if that job's going to really get done the way I would want it to get done. Maybe it's not really going to be completely accomplished. They're probably going to get distracted. Maybe they really can't handle it. It's beyond uh, what I've seen them be able to do. So I'm not going to choose that person. Let, yeah, that's the right person. I can depend on them. They're faithful. They're trustworthy. To put it simply, you wouldn't ask your two-year-old brother to bring you your homework that uh, you left at home, right? They're not responsible. They're not dependable. I don't think that they're really going to get it. Give me that homework, right? So same thing for you. Don't be like that two-year-old, that the teacher, the, the authority can't trust and depend on to call upon you to get a job done. The application with that point really is this. If man cannot depend on you to fulfill responsibility, then can God depend on you? You're a steward of God-given responsibility and God wants to see you grow. And sometimes He gives you responsibilities that you really can't handle, but He wants you to learn to trust and depend on Him. And in those moments, you really begin to grow and develop and God looks down and says, hey, well done, good and faithful servant. You actually let me do the work through you. That's what God wants you to continue to grow and learn and develop. The diligent in responsibility, this man, I think, is also one that is of good time management. Gets the most done with what's given to him. Or with the amount of time that he has. The responsible person will not put off for tomorrow what he can do today. So make sure that you're planning and organized. And you know what's coming this week and you realize I've got to get something done today because I don't have time tomorrow. The responsible person will not waste time. Might be a good practice or a good habit, and I I feel like I've seen some of you do this and keeping track of your time and your calendars and your schedule and making sure that you're using every moment the best that you can because really there's a lot to be done. Sometimes in life we get pretty busy and there's a lot going on and we need to make sure that we're using every moment to the best and to its fullest. And you know what? If that's your character trait... People are going to look at you and they're going to want you on, your, on their team. They're going to want you in their ministry. Some pastor's going to want you to help serve in their church or certainly the Lord can call you to plant a church because he sees there's a young person that uses his time wisely. They're responsible, diligent responsibility. The responsible person will accomplish all tasks assigned to him before he spends time on himself. And maybe in some cases, you've got a good, clear schedule planned out, and so you realize, I can take a few minutes here to go outside and enjoy some exercise, get some fresh air, because I've got this specific time where I'm going to get this job done. But practically speaking, don't just live life doing whatever you feel like doing. I want to go outside right now. I want to quit doing this, and I'm done with this. No, the responsible and diligent person takes the time uses every minute wisely, and he's looking to accomplish his jobs and his assignments before he's focused on himself.
the last example here that I see is that the responsible or the diligent responsible person doesn't make excuses. If an authority asks you to do something and they expect you to do it, they're not looking for reasons why you can't do it. They're looking for reasons why you can do it. Same with God. God gives you a job. He's not looking for reasons why you can't do it. Maybe he already knows you can't, and so he wants you to trust him to do it. But don't make excuses. And you know what? All of these different principles, character traits here that we've looked at can come out of our mouth and out of our actions, and that's really what we're looking at. But sometimes, and I, need to, I may have emphasized it earlier, but sometimes these come into our thoughts and our heart and our mind, and we dwell on those. And maybe it doesn't come out in our words and in our actions. Eventually it will if we keep dwelling on it. But you know what that does? It stirs up bitterness inside our hearts. It stirs up frustration at other people. Is that really helping you prepare you to be in the ministry to serve God when you've got those kinds of thoughts towards other people that are your master, that are your authority, that are your leaders? It's not really preparing you for a real true servant's heart in ministry, is it? So not only do we apply this in what you say and actually do, but what's in your heart, what's in your mind. And again, I understand sometimes those temptations come, but in that moment, you need to make a decision right away. Cast those thoughts out. Learn to look to God. Life gets difficult and challenging. College is good to prepare you for that. You know, Moses, I think, of an, as an example, he, he actually did make some excuses and told God why he couldn't do what God was calling him to do. But at the same time, God does enable you to do what you can't do. And God enabled Moses and he realized, I'm going to have to trust God. You have to do the same thing. God doesn't give you beyond what you can handle. We've probably all experienced that at times. And seeing God's grace step in and help us overcome or help us do and accomplish what we feel like we cannot do. What are the responsibilities that God has given to you? Think about your Sunday school ministry. Think about, obviously, your responsibilities here in college as a student. Some of you in leadership positions. Um, but certainly, uh, um, any ministry opportunity God has given you, there's a responsibility that you have been given that God wants to see well done, thou good and faithful servant. Your authorities, your leaders, your teachers want to see the same. And honestly, that's going to prepare you to be the man of God that God wants you to be someday. Some practical things that uh, responsibilities God has given to us is really in our homes. You all have a home, mom and a dad, <clears throat> to different degrees or another, unfortunately. But uh, we all have an, a responsibility back home to our mom and dad. How are you doing in fulfilling their heart and their desire for your life? You're not necessarily following their strict guidance every day from day to day because you're grown up, you're in college, somewhat independent. My dad's in heaven today, but I still have a, I feel like I have a responsibility because I know what he would want me to do. And that's an important thing to children obey your parents in the Lord. That's clear instruction. There's a responsibility God has directly given to every one of us. How are you doing in that relationship? Are you fulfilling your responsibility with mom and dad? Hebrews 10:17 says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account to God. 
that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that's unprofitable for who? For you. We're going to give an account. As leaders, God, God says they're going to give an account for your life, for those that are under them. Jonathan's going to give an account someday for that armor bearer. Your pastor is going to give an account to God someday for you. But it's much more profitable for you when they stand before God that you've done your responsibility. You've completed your assignments. And in that conversation between your pastor and God, they can say, yes, well done, good and faithful servant. There's a man, there's a lady that did what was right. Followed instruction, obeyed them that have the rule over you. And that was the, the, the heart of the armor bearer. And we can see him fulfilling his responsibility. And I want to challenge you and your responsibilities. You need to do the same because it's preparing you for something bigger. It's preparing you for something great. God wants to do something great through your life. And right now in these practical areas here in college, learn to be responsible, learn to be diligent. Very practically as well, in Ezekiel chapter 3, 17 and 18, the Bible gives us that familiar story of the responsibility of the watchman to be mindful of those who are lost without hope in Jesus Christ. And there's another responsibility that God has given to us. And how are we doing? We all need to continually grow in reaching souls and giving the gospel and taking that responsibility. But be diligent in it. Don't give up. Don't quit. Sometimes it does get harder. Sometimes we face challenges and we feel like we don't want to give the gospel. But that shouldn't be our attitude. That should not be, that is not the attitude of the diligent, responsible man. So how do you handle responsibility as we conclude here this, this morning? Do you, when the instruction is given, make speed, haste, stay not. Do you get the job done? Do you do it well? Does the authority continually rejoice to have you on their team because you're dependable, trustworthy, responsible? The lazy person never gets anywhere in life, as Proverbs 13 and verse 4 says, The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. The principle here is that the irresponsible person is foolish and brings himself to shame. And we find that as you read in Proverbs over and over. The foolish, irresponsible person brings himself to shame. So this morning, in college, preparing for ministry, do your teachers, do your authorities look at you and say, well done, good and faithful servant? Do they call upon you to finish tasks and get jobs done? Because you're the diligent and responsible young man or young lady. God's, God has a big vision, a big picture in mind for your life. You're not just an armor bearer for some person. You're a servant of God, the King of Kings. God has, right, has you right now in the center of His will, training and preparing you for a great plan. And we might not understand or fully see that big picture right now, but God does. And right now, your job and responsibility is to get each job done to the best that you can, depending on God, be a responsible, diligent person, and let God use you and prepare you for that big plan that he has in mind for each one of us.